Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm, grabs him by the shoulder pad, and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender, the whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. It was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnow.com slash sports and click on tickets. A quick programming note for today's episode. Travis, the ever-working Busy Bee, is doing this episode from the car on his way to Montgomery for the bowl. Uh, he was safe. I, I, you know, no no trouble there. But it does affect the call quality a little bit. You can hear everything, but just wanted to let you know about the quality ahead of time in case it threw you off. Thanks for listening. Here's the episode. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. All right, Georgia Southern fans, welcome to another episode of Georgia Southern Extra. I'm Travis Chadon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern Athletics at the Savannah Morning News. Special episode of the podcast today. I'm actually driving to Montgomery, Alabama, as we speak, for the Camellia Bowl. And Greg Talbot is getting ready for the Georgia Southern men's basketball game tonight against Bruton Parker. So we're joined today by Mike Anthony of the States War Herald. He's already in Montgomery. Mike, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. So what we'll do today on the episode, we'll preview Eastern Michigan and the bowl game and, and where Georgia Southern might have an advantage or a disadvantage in the game set for Saturday. Uh, 5.30 kickoff, and then we'll give you guys a few announcements as to what we'll have on the podcast and on savannahnow.com this weekend at the bowl game. And then finally, the episode will end today with an interview with legendary Georgia Southern quarterback Tracy Ham. Mr. Ham was really kind enough to offer some time and some thoughts on shy words and kind of his development as a quarterback and also the Georgia Southern team as a whole and, and their bounce back season but Mike let's let's jump into Eastern Michigan and kind of what they'll have to offer Georgia Southern on Saturday offensively Georgia Southern looks to have at least on paper the advantage in that matchup just for the simple fact that Georgia Southern is ranked very highly in the country top 10 in rushing and Eastern Michigan's ranked 93rd in rush defense so that's where I start and end really for Georgia Southern offensively in this game, what, what do you see in, in the matchup? Well, yeah, looking at those overall stats, that's what uh, a lot of people are going to look at and hope that they'll have, you know, an easy time, get some big plays, explosive plays in the running game. But I think you've got to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, if you look overall at what Eastern Michigan's been able to do on defense this year, it's actually pretty similar to what Georgia Southern's done in that they've given up a lot of uh, yardage. They've given up some first downs. They've given up some time of possession. But the points really aren't always there for opponents. Uh, you see a lot of uh, uh, point that, uh, points scored given up in the 20s. Only a few have reached the 30s. I think only one team's put up 40 on Eastern Michigan all season. So 
they've done a good job of keeping things in front of them. They don't turn over offenses as much as Georgia Southern's defense does. But you look at the one option team they played in Army, and on one hand, you know, that was their biggest uh, point deficit of the season, a 15-point loss. On the other hand, they kept Army, which rushes for, you know, four and 500 yards a game sometimes. They held them under 300 yards. So while the overall uh, rushing yardage might have them down there, uh, one of the lower-ranked teams in the country, when they faced one of the best rushing teams in the country, they were at least able to, for the most part, uh, keep the big plays away. I agree with you. I think that it's easy, like you said, it's easy to point towards the rushing game. But for me, I mean, and you can give your opinion on this too, I, I from what I've seen from Eastern Michigan, and, and that's basically three games that they've played this year, I haven't seen the kind of athletes that Georgia Southern is going to offer offensively, maybe not in the front, maybe not in the offensive line, but the skill positions and, and especially where it's at quarterback. I don't think no, – I, I agree. Really it's, a lot. Right, I agree. I think uh, a lot of this is going to come down to the offensive line for Georgia Southern, and I wouldn't say that they've been under par this year, but at times they've been inconsistent. Uh, they haven't gotten the inside zone running, which offensive coordinator uh, Bob DeBessie has preached all year that that's where things begin for this offense. Now, if they can create holes there, if they can get those skill players into space, I think you're right. I think the athletic advantage is going to be on Georgia Southern side. They'll be able to get uh, some big plays. However, if that line of scrimmage isn't moving, uh, if Georgia Southern's forced to try to go to the outside and Eastern Michigan can anticipate it, then it gets a little bit tougher. I think the, the secret weapon is going to be maybe seeing a game plan kind of like Georgia State where Georgia Southern gets the yards, nothing too flashy, but if they see Eastern Michigan try to creep up, try to do something to stop that running game, you've got Shy Wirtz with 10 touchdown passes, no interceptions, one of the most efficient throwers in the entire country, even though they don't do it much. I think you could see a couple more shots over the top to try to get on the board quick, steal some points from them. You can see Georgia Southern this game. Well, I tell you that. Here's what I would like to see from Georgia Southern early in this game is if you see Eastern Michigan, and I believe that Eastern Michigan is listening to all the talk about this game, about how bad they are against the run and how good Georgia Southern is running the ball. If I'm a member of their front seven, I'm going to come out in the first quarter and really be determined on those read options to, to, to stop the run and especially to stop the dive. If I'm Bob the best, and he hasn't done this all season, so I'm not sure that he's going to start in this game, but if I'm Bob the best, I think early in this game, he might look to take a shot off of play action or at least something misdirection in order to stop you know, potentially seven, eight, nine-man boxes. But, Mike, you you know this as well as I do from covering all the Georgia Southern games for the Statesboro Herald. Bob DeVest has been the opposite of flashy in in the first quarter and really the first half of, of games this season. And I don't know that he's going to start now, but I'd like to see him start. Yeah, I think, it, I think it boils down to, uh, you know, trust and confidence. You know, once again, this is the – fourth, or if you want to count co-offensive coordinators, the, the fifth offensive coordinator that uh, these guys have had in the last uh, four years. So even when the execution's been there, it hasn't always been consistent. And I think that uh, the best just errs on the side of caution. Now, you know, you could say that there's nothing left to play for except for this bowl victory, except to send the seniors uh, out on top. So maybe you do open it up a little bit. Uh, you don't have to worry about 
what a bad play or what a loss would mean down the road. There is no down the road. 2019 is the next game up. So I think maybe you do see a couple plays that you haven't seen before this season. I know they weren't being overly secretive at practice on Tuesday, but uh, Coach Lunsford was definitely aware of uh, who might be in attendance and uh, eyes and ears and uh, camera lenses and where they were all pointed. So maybe they've got something in the works. But, it, you know, it all starts, again, with the, the offensive line and the, the quicker – uh, that they can get comfortable or get the best comfortable with what they're able to do uh, with the little things of this game, the, the quicker that you open up that playbook and maybe start to take some shots, go for some explosive plays. Mike, have you ever seen Chad Munster not know where the cameras and the microphones were? Uh, no, he's uh, he's pretty good about um, knowing exactly. Uh, uh, not, yeah. I don't mean that as a slight or anything, but, yeah, he knows where the camera is. No. He's a, a man of the people, and uh, he, he, you know, he's, really taken uh, a team that was down in the dumps last year, really didn't have a lot of morale going its way, not a lot of motivation. And he was able to take that group and turn them into, you know, a motivated bunch the last four or five games of the year, get a couple of wins. So now, you know, when times have gone a little bit better, you've seen it, you've uh, heard him in press conferences. He's not going to shy away from him celebrating or allowing his team to celebrate so long as he uh, is sure that they're remaining focused when they need to. Right, yeah, he's been nothing but forthcoming since he took the job, honestly. And, and we've touched on that a lot on this podcast. It's pretty refreshing. Uh, let's jump to when Eastern Michigan has the ball, Mike. They're going to be pass-heavy. And from what I've seen, I don't know that they're pass-heavy because that's, you know, what they want to do or that's what they want to hang out on or simply because they have just not been very good running the ball. But either way – what Georgia Southern is going to have to at least be aware of is the quick passing game of Eastern Michigan. And really, they'll be a lot like Troy, I think, Mike, and correct me if you, if you disagree. I think they're a lot like Troy, and then they'll offer a bunch of different looks uh, offensively mm-hmm. before the snap and kind of try to get mismatches. But, you know, they're using a lot of motion pre-snap, and Georgia Southern rarely is playing man defense, so I don't know that that's going to be a big advantage for Eastern Michigan when they have the ball. What do you see on on that matchup? Yeah, I think that regardless of what uh, pass defense the Eagles play, you know, you look at two uh, all-conference, uh, and in one case, all-American corner in uh, Kendall Vildor and Monclavian Brinson, you know, whether they're in zone or in man, I don't think that, you know, running a lot of motion, running a lot of different sets, aligning guys in different places on the field. There's really not too many places to uh, try to hide a receiver uh, in the Georgia Southern secondary because you've got some great senior safety play over the top as well. So I agree. It's going to be about, you know, reacting to those quick passes and maybe Eastern Michigan throws in a wrinkle as well. They've run, you know, two quarterbacks through most of the season. Uh, However, Mike Glass, maybe the more dynamic of the two, he's been on the shelf with an injury the last few games, but you know, that speaks again to Eastern Michigan's toughness. Maybe, as you said, they don't quite have the uh, uh, the athleticism of Georgia Southern, but this is a team whose back was kind of to the wall. They had to win their last three games, and, you know, seven and five seems like it's a, a, an assured bowl game, but the MAC doesn't have quite as many uh, assured bowl slots. So even going to that last game with their six wins, they had to win with uh, essentially their backup quarterback to get to win number seven to really be sure that they were going to head to the postseason. So. I think you got to look at that and see that this Eastern Michigan team, even if they don't have all the weapons, they've found ways to win. At the risk of sounding really cliche, Mike, this game 
we'll feature a lot of similarities between these two teams. I mean, off the top, they're both Eagles, and, and they're both successful and not successful in a lot of the same categories. They also both pride themselves on not being sexy and, and instead being blue-collar. I want to play a clip uh, quickly of Eastern Michigan head coach Chris Creighton at Tuesday's opening press conferences. Listen to what Coach Creighton had to say and tell me it sounds a little like Chad Lunster to you guys. Let's, let's listen to what he had to say. The home stretch of the season, um, you know, our team was willing to uh, dance and sing uh, to try to come and, and make it to a bowl game because it just hasn't happened uh, at our university very often at all. So we don't take it lightly. Um, we're uh, extremely excited about it. And, Everything was good until uh, we figured out who our opponent was um, because, uh, you know, we want to be able to compete and, and um, you know, try to try to have a victorious bowl game in Georgia Southern. Um, just a phenomenal reputation. Uh, obviously, our <clears throat> teams have not played before. But the number one thing that I look at is the turnover margin. And I'm puffing my chest out. We're tied for 10th in the country with uh, Florida. And so I look up the the turnover margin, hoping that that would be a chance that we would have in this game. In Georgia Southern's number one in the United States of America in turnover margin. So I told that to our guys, and I think our shoulders may have slumped down about two inches. All right, so that's Eastern Michigan coach Chris Creighton talking about the team being, you know, an underdog in this game. And, Mike, that's kind of the next thing I want to touch on. Right now, as we record this on Thursday morning, Georgia Southern's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. From listening to Coach Creighton, you would think that they're 30-point underdogs. And we've heard this before, maybe not this season, but from other coaches. If they're an underdog, it sounds like Creighton and his team, from what he says, are buying into it and they're feeding off of kind of that, that role, if you will. I don't know if Eastern Michigan really was as concerned with the Georgia Southern matchup as they're letting on when they first got word on December 2nd. But mm -hmm. it's clear, right, Mike, that, that Creighton and company are using this game as, as an opportunity to play underdog and play spoiler when that's really not the case when you look at the line. Right. Well, I mean, when you're a coach, your job is to get everybody motivated, get them ready to play. And, you know, one of the easiest ways to do that is to point at a, a betting line or point at message board posts saying, you know, uh, your team is uh, behind the eight ball or you're outmatched or outclassed in the game. And right after the bowl games were announced, I believe Eastern Michigan was actually the early favorite where they set the line. So if you're Georgia Southern, you can do the same thing. But you know as well as I do from playing any sport, not just football, you know, as much as the coaches love to talk about how good other teams are and how that means you'll have to be focused, when you take that field, whether you're Georgia Southern, whether you're Eastern Michigan, no matter what sport you're playing – uh, even if you've been talking about how good the other team is, in your heart, you know that you've prepared, you've grinded it out the last uh, 10 months to get here. Everybody is expecting to win, regardless of uh, whether they're the favorite or the underdog. Yeah, and, and one thing, Mike, I think that might play a factor in this game, and it's played a factor in every game for Georgia Southern this season, is the turnover margin. And obviously, people that are listening to this podcast are probably well aware by now of Georgia Southern's turnover margin and kind of where they stack all time in, in NCAA FBS football um, at, you know, at really an astounding number. Chris Creighton's EMU squad is plus 10. 
and there, you know, there are a dozen turnovers behind Georgia Southern. So that's something to keep an eye on. But Mike, Eastern Michigan's red zone defense has been one of the best in the country. I, I believe it's top ten now, if not top five, top three. But I noticed when looking at those numbers that they have forced four fumbles in the red zone this season, and and they've gotten three missed field goals from their opponents in the red zone. So those are two things Georgia Southern doesn't really do. Tyler Bass doesn't miss often at all, and he's only missed one time short of 50 yards this season, and they certainly don't turn the ball over a lot. So in the red zone, I don't think Georgia Southern's going to have as much of a problem as the numbers might indicate, but – what do you see there, you think? Yeah, I think that, uh, once again, it's going to come down to the offensive line because as good as they've been passing the ball, uh, the way that Georgia Southern tries to get its passing attack going, you kind of need to spread people out, get the defense going in the wrong direction. And when that field gets smaller, when you're in the red zone, you just don't have as much space to, to put people on either side of the ball. So it's going to come down to can that power game work? You know, you, you might not have enough room to just beat someone to the edge. You're going to have to – uh, dig in and get a push and move the ball forward. And when you look at four fumbles caused uh, or forced in the red zone, you know, the fumbles, uh, turnovers in general, some of it's some luck, especially when the ball's on the ground, you know, who does it bounce to? But what's not luck is forcing the ball out or being able to step in front of the pass. So that, that takes the, the defense executing and uh, being well coached and being in the right position. So I really think it's going to be a battle of wills. You mentioned, you know, that these are two similar teams. It's kind of weird how, the stats line up, the identities line up, and yet the configurations of how they do it are totally different. You've got a four-man front, five defensive backs for Eastern Michigan. Georgia Southern defense gets the same results by playing a 3-4. You know, offensively, Eastern Michigan passes the ball a little bit but takes great care of it. Georgia Southern runs the ball more than anybody without, you know, fumbling, knocking on wood again as I say that. But it's just kind of odd how all those stats kind of pan out despite two teams who are going to look about as different as you could look uh, just with the way that they lined up over the ball. A lot of interesting storylines on the field and kind of surrounding this game for sure. All right, Mike, let's finish up, and, and I'll start and get, go ahead and give my prediction for the game. Like we said, there's a two-and-a-half-point spread as of Thursday morning for the Camellia Bowl, and the over-under is right now set at 47.5. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern covering and, and hitting the over. I think Georgia Southern wins this one 35 to 20, and I could see it going the way that a lot of the games have gone this year that Georgia Southern has won, and that's, you know, 0 0, 3 nothing, something like that in the first quarter, and then mm-hmm. kind of Georgia Southern starting to impose its will. But so that's what I'll go on the record, Mike, without knocking on any wood because I can't find any in this <laughs> car. I'll say Georgia Southern 35 20. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with a similar. Uh... Uh, outcome, but maybe a uh, fewer points scored. Um, I think the weather's going to be fine, but that shouldn't be an issue. Maybe a, a little bit of rain in the forecast, maybe a little cool, but not anything that should get in anyone's way. Uh, you know, we talked about Georgia Southern and not turning the ball over. They might set a record for that if they can play a clean game. Another record that they're going to run away with this year is basically running the fewest plays per game. I don't know if you've looked at those charts, but Georgia Southern's yeah, running the fewest incredible. plays in the country. They're running four or five full plays less than 129th place, and that that really has keyed some of their wins, I think, because when they get a lead, especially if they would get a two-score lead, and we talk about that secondary, their ability to pick off passes, 
that really puts teams in a tight spot when you can make them one-dimensional. If you have a quick three and out, you're turning it back over to a Georgia Southern offense that takes its time that runs the clock. So the key to me, I think, is if Georgia Southern can get up by two scores, they're going to be able to really take the the air out of the football. I think that, uh, that their defense plays maybe a bit better than people are expecting them to, hold them to a couple of field goals, but I think the Georgia Southern defense has one more big day. I like Georgia Southern to win this one. Uh, let's call it 27-17. So you're going with the under, Mike. Is that what you're going to go with the under? I like Georgia Southern to to get a to get a lead at halftime, maybe extend it a little bit in the third quarter, and then play keep away. All right, I'll let you slide on that one. Uh, you got any predictions for our Friday afternoon golf match? Um, how many strokes do you want? How much are we playing for? I'll take three on both sides, and we'll have to tally up the bet after. The round, so I can see the results first. Uh, I'll take me by a considerable margin. That's probably a safe bet for anyone listening. All right, so this weekend we do want to give you guys kind of an update on what we'll have on savannahnow.com slash sports. We'll have on Thursday evening on online uh, practice report from today's 215 practice at nearby Huntington College in Montgomery where the Eagles will practice and then Tonight, they'll have some more activities, including a barbecue dinner. And then tomorrow, we'll have the walkthrough from the Crampton Bowl, which the media won't be in attendance, but we'll certainly have plenty of news coming out of Georgia Southern just being in and around Montgomery. And then do want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, go to ESPN.com and join the Georgia Southern Extra Bowl Mania group. If whoever wins or if they pick more games right, then Greg and I will give you guys some time on the podcast to tell us how brilliant you are and how much you know about college football. And, That's a risky uh, endeavor. That, it is, isn't it, Mike? You should join it, Mike. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who like to tell not just us, but anybody how to how to do their job better, and you're going to give them their time? If they can pick more games right than Greg and I. All right. Greg's good because Gonzaga doesn't have a football team, so – He's definitely not going to lose that one. All right, Mike, you want to tell everyone how they can follow you and how they can keep up with this? Uh, yeah, sure. Similar to uh, the news that you've got coming all week, we've got it going for the Statesboro Herald. Uh, you can look everything up uh, on statesboroherald.com. We've got uh, my articles. Uh, Josh Aubrey's shooting some video. We'll have an episode of the Eagles Nest uh, airing live from the Crampton Bowl. I think we'll get that out on uh, game day morning. And then uh, during the game, we always like to live tweet, and you can follow me. At GS Sports. Awesome, Michael. Thanks for joining us, and you guys stay tuned. We'll have the Tracy Ham interview coming right up after this. This episode of the Georgia Southern Extra podcast is brought to you by the Savannah Morning News' Empty Stocking Fund. Since 1971, the Empty Stocking Fund has been making sure all needy children will have a reason to smile on Christmas morning. Countless readers have shared their blessings with those in our community who are suffering hardships during the holiday season. All contributions are appreciated and will be acknowledged in the manner requested by donors. To donate, please send checks made payable to SCF, Empty Stocking Fund, to 2225 Norwood Avenue, Suite B, Savannah, Georgia, 31406. Again, that is 2225 Norwood Avenue, Suite B, Savannah, Georgia, 31406. And make sure to label it SCF Empty Stocking Fund. Thank you and happy holidays. I just wanted to get 
your perspective, obviously, when people think Georgia Southern quarterbacks, they think of you. So uh, have you have you seen uh, Shy play a lot this year? And I guess just right off the bat, what, you know, what's your opinion on him uh, as a player um, kind of running that offense? Well, just to start off, I mean, there's been a lot of different quarterbacks that came to Georgia Southern, and all of them been pretty spectacular in their own right, whether it was a thrower, runner, runner, and thrower. So there's been a lot of diversity at quarterback that's come through. And when you start looking at what Sean, what he has a, has an opportunity to do, you know, he, he has a chance to really leave there as one of the all-time greats of quarterbacks in Georgia Southern because he's really endured what a lot of quarterbacks don't endure. They watch. He had to play earlier than most. And so when you play earlier, you take a few more bumps and bruises. I thought he got hit a little too much for my liking last year. Um, but I think he's really shown the maturity from last year to this year to believe in his offensive lineman. And I think that's a testament of his leadership and where he's headed as a quarterback. I think he has a chance to have a spectacular career. Um, I think they was on the verge. They're having a great season. But I think he realized that he was on the verge to having a not only him, because he's really a team player, but the entire team had a chance to have a special year. Now, they've had a great year, but they had a chance to have a really special year when you talk about winning the conference, winning your division, and winning the conference. And so, um, but he's really gotten uh, the team, uh, the offense, and just his leadership throughout the team really stabilized him. Uh, you know, with Coach DeBess and Coach Woods, those guys have really done a really good job and transitioning him from one offense to this offense and then him being comfortable. I think you're only going to see him get better as he get different types of tools that they'll insert in the offense mm-hmm. to go along with what they have now. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the world is shy. I think he's going to be, uh, when, we, when he leaves Jerry Southern, he's going to be one of the, the best that's been there. Well, we've heard a bunch of people, and including Shy himself, uh, in in the off season and leading up to fall camp, uh, he talked about how he was more comfortable this go around this year than he was last year, and about how he was gonna uh, he used the word trust a lot. And I guess you touched on it a little bit um, in your first answer, but kind of how have you seen Shy develop I guess, on and off the field since twelve months ago when when he was ending his his freshman year, which was a good year anyway for him individually but maybe not for the Georgia Southern team but how have you seen him grow on and off the field since he arrived? Well anytime you have to play a young quarterback in that situation it's going to be tough right because then what you don't want a quarterback to lose is and what we and what the coach and what everybody hope around the program was that he didn't lose his confidence in what we were doing mm-hmm. and what he could do as an individual and so I think you watch it. Anytime you want to understand if a player is transitioning, watch him in the spring ball and winter workouts and spring ball and summer workouts. That's where players grow at. And, and with just watching Shy, when we go through the weight room, watching him, and not only him, but the entire team, because the guys around him had to grow with him. And I think that's what makes teams special when they can grow a group of them together. They learn to trust together. They learn to believe in what they're doing together. And it just makes uh, the accountability that much easier for them as a group. Uh, your quarterback is always your focal point, and Shy has been 
really, really good at accepting that role. We only anticipate him being more of a leader as he continues to mature as a, uh, a student athlete for us. And then I guess, could you talk about briefly the kind of responsibility that comes with being the quarterback um, at Georgia Southern? Obviously, they've ran the option for a really long time, and any option team depends a lot on the quarterback and kind of the quarterback's decision-making ability. But could you kind of talk about what comes with the territory of being the quarterback at Georgia Southern and and being the quarterback – you know, nowadays must be a little, even a little bit tougher, um, just given the competition. So, what comes with that position? Well, I, I would say that you know, uh, being the quarterback of not only Georgia Southern but any any quarterback, any um, guy that's touching the ball every snap, um, and yeah. then has to make more right decision than wrong decision, and then sometimes the high impact decisions that are. With people in your face. So there are a lot of things that go along with being a quarterback, but I think the one thing that um, has held true um, with quarterbacks at Georgia Southern is that they've continued to play in big games, and I think that's what we've been missing. We hadn't had any games of over the last couple of years of any significance late into the seasons. I mean, the ball games we played this year late mattered. It mattered to where we were going to be positioned in the standings, um, whether we're going to be one, two, or three, and I thought we gave ourselves a chance this year. I thought Chad did a fabulous job, um, and then when you look at Chad, you got to look at his staff. So there are a lot of things around why quarterback grows and why quarterbacks are successful at Jersey Southern. Generally, when you put a good staff around a quarterback with some tools to work with, then you hope you got the guy that'll pull the trigger at that moment. And I think everybody feel comfortable with Shy pulling the trigger at that moment as we continue to give him more tools to work with, um, as I know that well. And we have to remember, this is his first year, which goes the best in what he likes to do. And I'm pretty sure, just by some conversation with the best, I mean, he hadn't even implemented uh, half the stuff he wants to do as a coordinator. But I think that comes with trusting your quarterback, um, trusting people that's in the offense. And that comes with time. And so I think you'll see a, a, a much better shot. He'll know where his dump downs are. You don't have to think about them. You just know where they are because you spent time with the offense. So um, I think, you know, you know that is what we think we have in size, that quarterback who can fit the mold of all the past quarterbacks that who had successful careers, not only myself, but, you know, when you look at the numbers, you'll see there were a lot of other successful quarterbacks that joined Southern other than myself. I just happened to be the first one. <laughs> well, I think you're being a little modest there. Um, I guess – Finally, wrapping up, could you talk about for a second the maybe I don't know the right word, but maybe the stigma that comes with being an option quarterback. I I don't know if you know, Shy has he has 109 pass attempts this year without an interception. He's the only quarterback, starting quarterback in the country, that hasn't thrown a pick yet. And I, you know, that's impressive for me because you find a lot of option quarterbacks when they get the opportunity to throw. Sometimes they try to force it, knowing that they don't have too many opportunities, and they, and so picks are inevitable. But Shy's really shown a different level of decision making this year by not throwing those interceptions. I guess can you just talk about how impressive it would be if he if he did finish the year with zero interceptions? Well, I think the perception to go to the beginning of your question, the perception mm-hmm. of option quarterback is they can't throw. Yeah. 
mean, the reality of it is people think awesome quarterbacks can't throw. They can only run the ball. And what makes the really, really good, successful option quarterbacks are the ones who can spin it. And I think Shaw spinning with the best of them. I think once he adds a passing game to what the running game, once he tie all that in together, um, I'm excited about Shaw because this is just his first year with the best and what the best does on offense. Yeah. I think as you give him more and you give the offensive and package to him and you give him you continue to add um, speed to that offense. Um, you know, the guys we've had have been fantastic. And, you know, as we continue to add speed to the offense, you'll see that I think it'll be who do you focus on? Um, the quarterback, um, you know, the pitchback or the dive back. So, or the receiver, you know, I think adding a receiver that can beat adding receivers will definitely. Uh, one of the areas that'll help him as well as our receivers mature into what we're doing. So as they add receivers, so I think they're going to be. I think Shaw's going to fit that that mold, and he's going to fit well in that option stigma because he can't throw the ball. I think we've seen it where he's he's thrown some great balls. I think he he's got to trust his receivers, and his receivers have to trust him. And you'll see that comes with having a relationship with your receiving core. Um, so uh, I think. Um, when you can able to keep people honest defending the pass game, option quarterbacking becomes really, really easy football in a sense that your decisions are right there in front of you. Mr. Hay, I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Wesley Fields, touchdown, Georgia Southern.